edition of the Sowing and Reaping audio podcast. I hope and trust that today's podcast will be a blessing to all who are listening. Now let's turn to the Word of God for today's message. 
Today, we're going to be looking at the subject of bullying. Bullying is relevant in our world that we currently live in, and it's been around for a long time. And we're going to take a biblical perspective of what bullying is and what bullying looks like. And so today we're going to look in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 17. And we're going to look at two characters that everybody's pretty familiar with. And it's the story of David and Goliath. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, that's where we begin reading today. But let me say by starting off, one of the most unfortunate realities of this world is the fact that there are bullies in the world. There are some people in our lives that we know enjoy pushing people around. Bullying is really not a new phenomenon. As a matter of fact, bullies have been around since the day that Cain killed Abel at the dawn of the human race. So bullying it really is a big problem. Young people deal with bullies every day. Uh, whether it be at school, and that school be public school, private school, Christian school, alternative school. Even some young people have to deal with uh, bullying in children's homes and unfortunately even in their own home. And so in reality, bullying is everywhere. Um, bullies are at the workplace on the job. Bullies are in the neighborhood. Bullies are in public places. And sadly enough, there are even bullies in the churches across America. So when it comes down to it, in reality, like I said, bully, bullies are everywhere. What is bullying? Have you ever thought about that? What really is bullying? Is bullying just something that uh, people do to physically hurt somebody else? Is it something that people say to verbally abuse someone else? Well, bullying is defined as the use of threats or coercion to intimidate others. It is the activity of repeated aggressive behavior intended to hurt another person, either physically or emotionally. Bullying can include verbal harassment and threats as well as physical hurt. And that word coercion is the use of intimidation or force to force someone into doing your will. So bullying is characterized by someone who behaves in certain ways in order to gain power over others. Bullies, they come in all shapes, sizes, colors, and even ages. My friend, I've seen uh, children, teenagers, husbands, wives, rich, poor, wise, foolish, elderly, deacons, and yes, even preachers who are bullies. So, friend, they are really everywhere. Bullies are really small-minded, evil-hearted people who want the power to control others who are around them. And here's something to think about. Sometimes bullies are not people. Sometimes bullies are Satan himself. Sometimes bullies are Satan's demons. Sometimes bullies are sin itself. Sometimes bullies are evil incarnate. Sometimes bullies are the temptation that we face on an everyday basis. We know to do good and do it not. That becomes a sin. And sometimes we know that we're not supposed to do something, but yet we're tempted to do it. And we fall into that temptation. Sometimes that can too be a bully. And the burdens we carry and problems we sometimes face can even be bullies who seek to control our lives. And let me say that most bullies are really cowards and can be overcome by those who stand up against them and for what is right. They do not have to be tolerated and must not be allowed to have their way. And anyone who has faith in Almighty God and a little courage in their heart can see their bullies put in their place. So, the question is asked, how can we handle bullies? Well, let's look at the story today of David and Goliath. He was a behemoth of a man who stood close to 10 foot tall, and yes, he was a big bully. 
If you had asked Israel how they handled Goliath, they would have said, well, Goliath is a hopeless situation. If you would have asked King Saul, he would have said the same thing. But then all of a sudden you ask a little shepherd boy on the backside of the desert by the name of David, and he would have said, well, Goliath is a bully, but my God is about to deal with him. Amen. So with all that being said today, I want to look at the story of David and Goliath found in 1 Samuel 17 and verses 1 through 54. And I'm going to talk to you about the case of the big bad bully. Let's look at the big bad bully today. Number one, we see that the big bad bully here is described in verse one. We find his source, verse one through four. We read here, now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shoko, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Shoko and Azekah in Ephesdamim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And so here we find that uh, also in verse number four, and there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath. And so here we find that Goliath was a Philistine, which were one of the Canaanite tribes left over from Israel's conquest of the promised land. They were powerful. They were militant warlike people who crafted superior armor and weapons of war. They were also pagan idolaters who worshiped the fish god Dagon. So this bully Goliath was a pagan Gentile idol worshiper. He was the enemy both of Israel and of God. Not only do we see the source of the bully, also we find the size of the bully, latter part of verse number four down to verse number uh, seven. The Bible says his, his height was six cubits in a span. That would make Goliath around nine foot three inches tall and he was actually one of the few remaining descendants of the giants who once lived in Canaan out of Numbers chapter 13 because the Bible says there were giants in the land. Also, you can compare notes to Deuteronomy chapter number 2 and verse number 9. In verse 5, the Bible describes his armor. It says here, And he had a helmet of brass upon his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass, and he had greaves of brass upon his legs and target of brass between his shoulders and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and the spear's head weighed uh, 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him and so both armies have gathered together for war each was challenged to send out their best man and the side that lost would become the servant of the side that won the philistines literally had one up on the israeli army the warrior they sent out was a bully that went by the name of Goliath, and his name means splendor, and he was really a splendid physical specimen. And I've already told you, he stood around 9 foot 3 inches tall. In verse number 4, we find that, and also uh, verses 5 through 6, he wore copper armor that covered him from head to toe. It was constructed from overlapping plates that actually resembled fish scales and weighed around 5,000 shekels, which equals out to about 5 pounds. Verse 5, he wore greaves or wrappings of copper, which protected his legs. Verse number 6, the target of copper that hung uh, between his shoulders on the back was round that protected his upper back and held his spear. A spear, which is compared to a weaver's beam in verse number 7, it was several feet long and very thick, and the end of the spear, the head of it, weighed 600 shekels of iron, or you could say 25 pounds. Walking before Goliath was another soldier. 
who carried another shield to help protect from any spears or arrows launched by his enemies. And no doubt everyone who saw this beast of a man feared him, and rightly so, because friend of mine, I don't know about you, but if I saw a dude like that, coated with all that armor, I feel like the Lord to go back home. I don't know about the rest of you, but that dude was, uh, he was big, he was scary and intimidating, and no one wanted to face him in battle, for he appeared indestructible, very intimidating, and very unconquerable. But also we find in uh, the bully as been described, we find his source, we find his size, also we find his statement, verse number 8 through 10. I won't read it for the sake of time, you can at your leisure. Also in verse 16 and 23, he comes out with a voice of a challenge to the Israelites to fight. In verse number 8, we see and we hear him mock and call them cowards and demands they send out one of their soldiers to fight with him. In verse number 16, he does this for actually 40 days. He is a persistent bully who will not give up. He is very determined to get what he wants from Israel. Verses 11 and 24, we find his success. It states that when Israel heard the taunts of Goliath, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now, the word dismayed here means to break down from fear. Greatly afraid means they were overcome with exceeding great terror. And the army of Israel was horror-struck, petrified, alarmed. The presence, the appearance, and the threats of this big bully by the name of Goliath left them paralyzed with fear. Goliath possessed all the trademarks of a big bad bully. He won the power and control of God's people, and he was big and bad enough to take it away, or at least so he thought anyway. Now let me ask you a question today. Are you facing bullies in your life? Are there any Goliaths in your life right now? Are there events? Are there circumstances? Are there people in your life that leave you paralyzed with fear? Friend of mine, we all face things like that from time to time. And problems arise in life that assume power over us. There are people who loom large in our minds to the point that we actually fear them and what they might do to us. Circumstances and situations sometimes overwhelm us with intensity and sometimes these bullies we face leave us not knowing what to do or even where to turn. And friend, if you and I are not careful, we will allow these bullies to intimidate us to the point where we become too afraid to do or say anything for fear of getting attacked uh, by the bully or hurting us even more. If that describes you now, then that bully has you where he wants you. That bully is cruising towards an easy victory. But I'm very thankful this morning or today that this story does not end with a victory for the big bad bully. Amen. Let's look at the rest of the story. As Paul Harvey used to say, here is the rest of the story. Hey, the bully does not have to win. Let me say it again. The bully does not have to win. Um, you can defeat your bully no matter who he is or what it is. Not only do we see the bully described, we also see the bully defined verse 25 through verse number 30. Now, as we look at this, Goliath threatens Israel. He taunts them, makes fun of them, challenges them to send out a man to fight to the very death. He does this 80 times in 40 days, and each time he does, King Saul and the rest of the Israeli army, they hide for fear. But then all of a sudden, here comes a young man by the name of David. He arrives on the scene. He sees the same giant that the rest of them see, he hears the same challenges, threats, taunts, and mockery that the rest of them hear, but instead of hiding in fear, he rises to the challenge, and he does something about this big mouth bully. David perceives the situation different than Israel's army does, and his viewpoint made all the difference in the outcome. 
So let's look at the different perception of that date. How did some people see Goliath? Well, as I've already pointed out, some people saw this bully as an opponent. Verse number 25 uh, says, Surely to defy Israel is he come up. They saw Goliath as a threat to their nation, their peace, prosperity, and their happiness. When this bully stood up, all they could see was him and them. They could not see beyond their fear. Does this not describe you and I sometimes against bullies? When we face one of life's bullies, we see the issues being bigger than we are and how we feel about them. We get afraid, threatened, when the peace or security of our lives are in danger. We circle the wagons and we think only about how the unpleasant events of the moment affect us. When we face the bully most of the time, we turn our focus inward and attempt to protect our little kingdom. When we do that, we miss the bigger picture. So some saw this bully as an opponent. Some saw this bully also as an obstacle. Some saw this bully as an obstacle. You say, what do you mean, Brother Walter? Well, they saw him in verse 26. Israel saw Goliath standing between them and what they wanted. But David saw Goliath as standing between God and what God wanted. That makes a difference. And David said, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? To David, the issue was bigger than King Saul or the Israel army uh, and all of them that put together. To David, the issue was about the glory of God. This was the view of faith. To David, Goliath stood as an obstacle between God and his people, and Goliath had to go. Amen. And you and I, friend, we need the same perspective as David. When you and I allow any bully to paralyze us with fear, we are rendering ineffective in the work of the Lord. Let me tell you how badly bully has gotten, not only with our young people, but adults as well. Let me tell you this. Preachers will not preach what the Bible says anymore because you know why? Some of them are afraid that the bullies in the church will run them off. Hello. Church members won't tell the gospel bullies in the congregation to shut their mouth because they're afraid of that gospel bully. People won't witness because of some bully making them afraid. Parents won't stand up to their children because they raise children who turn in who have rebellious hearts and they turn into bullies. And friend of mine, it shouldn't be that way. The parent is to tell the child what to do, not the child tell the parent what to do. Give me an amen right there. Wives live in fear because of verbal and even physical abuse from the bully husbands. Let me go on record and say this. Any man that hits a woman is not much of a man. Amen. And then all of a sudden, there are those hen-pecked husbands who will not take charge because their bully wife does not know where the off switch is on her tongue. And children, they deal with bullies all day long at school, only to come home to deal with more, bu more bullying from their parents. Then there are churches who sit in fear Sunday after Sunday because their pastor is a pulpit bully. He intimidates the people and he uses the Bible as a, as a club, as a ball bat to force them to walk according to the pastor's will and not according to God's will. Amen. Then there is more, uh, friend, let me say this. There is more to preach on than just issues, even though issues do need to be preached on. But there is also the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to change the heart of man. Our, our opinions will not change the heart of man. Our, 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 our browbeating will not change the heart of man. It takes the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to tell this generation coming up about Jesus and not indoctrinate them to be just like us. Friend, it's like this. 
If every person was just like me, what kind of world would this world be? It would be pretty boring, would it not? Uh, Matthew 23 verse 15 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself. The congregation, the young people, the youth of our nation ought to be taught to live right because they love Jesus, not because they feared a preacher. Amen, hot dog, and Yahoo right there. Then, there are people who won't teach Sunday school or serve in some other capacity because of some big mouth bully in the church and in our church life. All these are bullies and more and they stand as an obstacle between God's children and the will of God. Bullies must be seen for what they are and that is trouble. And they must go. In our personal lives, the bullies we face, the problems and other things uh, that come our way are obstacles to the Lord's will being done in our lives. So, some of these saw uh, this bully as an obstacle. Some of these saw this bully as an opportunity. Verse 25-30 The men around David tell him at least three different times that the man who kills the bully will be rewarded by the king. That man who kills the bully will get lots of money. He will get to marry the princess and his family will no longer have to pay taxes. Brother, wouldn't that be good if we, you and I no longer had to pay taxes? Amen? But David here, David is interested in the, in the reward because he asked the men twice more what would be given. Now rest assured, David was not motivated by greed, but let's be honest, wealth is always appealing, money talks, amen? Um, marrying a princess probably sounds pretty good to a young man, and glory to God, the thought of no taxes would make anyone's heart beat for joy. And so, uh, but David's goal was not wealth, position, or power. He was motivated by something far greater, and that, my friend, was the glory of God. In David's mind, Goliath stood as a threat to God's people, God's plan, and God's glory, and that would not stand. So, you know what? The bully got to go. Amen? And friends, young people, uh, the, the sooner you and I realize that our bullies can be used as an opportunity for God to receive glory from our lives, the sooner we will be willing to stand up and face them in God's power. He is not glorified when we are paralyzed by fear. He is glorified when I forget about myself and my wants and my revenge and my feelings and I concern myself with His glory alone. Every bully in our lives can be an opportunity for God to get glory from our lives. We simply need to trust God for the power we need to stand up against the big bad bullies of life. Not just physically, but also spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Um, well, we've seen the big bad bully described. We've seen the big bad bully defined. Last of all today, we see the big bad bully. Thank God he's being defeated. Look in verse 31 down through verse 54 if you get time read the story if you're not able to follow along in the Bible or look in the Bible. But here we find that David is determined to defend Israel and to deliver them from the insults and threats of this bully Goliath. The remainder of this chapter teaches us how David defeated this bully. The methods he used to defeat the bully will work with anyone who faces bullies in their lives, whether it be physical, spiritual, mentally, emotional, uh, and the list goes on and on. Notice what he did, verse 31 down through verse 37 8. He defeated the bully by courage. Everyone thought that David was bluffing after all. What he did, I mean, what did he know about the battlefield while only being on the sheep field? What did he know about being a warrior? Because he was he was more or less a he was more or less a little farm boy. What does he know about whipping bullies? Well, 
He lets Saul and the rest of them know that he has faced a few bullies on the backside of the shepherd's field. He tells them, he tells them about the time when bullies attacked his sheep and how he killed a lion and a bear and that he sees no difference between him and Goliath. You know, uh, he said, I believe it was, he grabbed the lion by the by the beard and killed it. And somebody, I now listen, I've got a beard and I've got nothing against beard, but I know somebody once said, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, if that lion would have shaved, he'd have still been with us. Amen. But uh, hey, he, he killed that bully with his bare hands. But what does all this say to you and I? Well, David succeeded because he was not afraid to face the bullies in his life. I'm sure there were butterflies in his stomach. I'm sure his heart, no, no doubt, would pound out of his chest, it seems, but he did not let that stop him. He had the courage to stand for what is right, and he had the courage to stand against what is wrong. David was victorious because of his courage. And friend of mine, if we're going to whip our bullies, we need to be courageous as well. The great uh, John Wayne, a legend, cowboy legend, said one time, he said, courage is being scared to death but saddling up anyway. It can be a fearful thing of God, or it can be a fearful thing to confront your bullies at first. But friend, you need to just go ahead and saddle up. Because if you're a child of God, you look what Paul tells us in Romans 8.37. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Also, look what God has prepared for us uh, to face with our bullies. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 verse number 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, or but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Friend, these promises and many more are enough to give us courage to face our bullies, but without courage, the bullies will never be faced, or they will never be defeated. And so the bully is defeated. He defeated the bully by courage. He defeated, defeated the bully by conviction. The latter part of verse 37 up to verse 40. David's conviction would not let him wear the armor of Saul, even though it was too big for him anyways, but he knew Saul wore it, but still didn't have the courage to face Goliath. So, he just armed himself with his shepherd's tool and picked up a few stones along the way for ammunition. Uh, David has the conviction that bullies aren't defeated by tactics or weapons of men, but by the same power that enabled him to defeat the lion and the bear. And that power, my friend, was a powerful hand of Almighty God. That's the same conviction you and I need if we're going to defeat our bullies in life. The power lies not in us, but in Him. When we are weak, He is strong. Place our faith in Him and watch the God who can help us defeat our big bad bullies. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, now unto him that is able to do it exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Friend, that's power to give us victory over the bullies. Well, last of all, we find he defeated the bully by confidence. Verse number 41 down through verse number 54. David walks out to face the bully with the confidence that he would return victorious. He runs towards the big bad bully, and as he draws closer, he reaches into the shepherd's bag, grabs, uh, grabs and takes out a stone, puts it into a sling, winds up. He's, the Bible says three times, I, I would say he said one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Amen. He slings a stone, and it hits the bully between the eyes. And Goliath said, nothing has entered my mind like this before. Now, you'll get that after a while. But uh, uh, he sinks it into his head, and the bully falls dead before he reaches the ground. And to be sure that he's dead, you know what David did? David runs to the fallen body of the big bad bully Goliath and cuts off his head with his own sword. The Israelites get confidence now, and all of a sudden they join the battle, and the Philistines tuck tail and run. 
David walks off the battlefield with a bully sword in one hand and his head in the other hand. What a victory that was. You want to know why? It was because of the faith and confidence that David had in God and God handed David the victory. Friend of mine, faith and confidence in God is the key to face all of life's big bad bullies. Now listen to this. I'm not telling you to go out and, and uh, uh, physically hurt somebody when I tell you that David killed his bully Goliath. That's, no, we're making spiritual application, okay? So don't you do that. I don't condone that, amen? But as I close, let me say this. When facing bullies, what are you and I to do? Tuck tail and run? Absolutely not. We are to put our faith and confidence in God that he will help us defeat the big bad bullies in life. Are you facing them now? Friend, we are all in some way, form, or fashion facing some kind of bully, whether they be physically, mentally, emotionally, or even spiritually, sometimes even financially. Are we going to hide in our tents and let these bullies hold us in bondage? Are we, or are we going to stand up against them like David did? Let me say this. Have faith in God and he will see to it that you come out victorious if only you will stand and face the big bad bullies in life. If your bully is sin and it has held you long enough, come to Jesus. Let him save your soul. If you're saved today but your bully is a person or your bully is a problem or some besetting sin or anything else you want to name, bring that bully to Jesus. Ask him to give you the courage you need to face and deal with that bully. And when it comes to the case of the big bad bully, you will come out victorious in the end. You want to know why? Because the Apostle Paul said it this way, and I'll be through. He said in Philippians chapter number 4 and verse number 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And there, my friend, there you have it, the case of the big bad bully. I hope it's been a help and an encouragement to you today. And I'm going to close like I always do. I hope today that you have a great rest of your day or evening, wherever you may be listening right now. I hope you have a great rest of your day or evening, just on purpose. Be sure to tune in again and for the next Sowing and Reaping audio podcast.